we were wrong. The Premier League season is, of course, over. But today, we are reviewing our pre-season Premier League table predictions. And let's just say there's some bad, bad shouts in there. Now, if you've been down since day one, you might remember some of these predictions. But today, we're going to go through it. A point scoring system. We're going to get into it. Roll that intro. Hello and welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. First things first, please hit that subscribe button if you like football. It takes two seconds, free content every single week. So, as I said in the intro, at the start of the season, we made a full Premier League table prediction each, guessing every single position. And today we are going to review just how wrong we were. So, let's get into it. Jamie, if you can bring up the lead tables, I will talk you through a very simple point scoring system. Basically, if we get it exactly right, exact position, we get three points. If we're one position out, we get two. And if we're two positions out, we get one point. Very simple. Let's get started. So, Jamie, we all, well, me and you had exactly the same three teams to go down. And none of them did. And none of them did. Uh, (laughs) What? I mean... Let's talk about Bournemouth just quickly because we well we all we all had Bournemouth down as did every seemingly pundit influencer. We've obviously referenced a video from Bournemouth. I guess what happened? Does Gary O'Neill need need obviously he's won our manager of the season award? If you didn't didn't see our last episode, does he need a statue? Might be a bit far a statue if he wins them if he wins them a cup then definitely but. Great season for them, and they picked up the points just at the right time. Really, it was sort of like around the sort of game where they come, they beat Spurs at their ground three two. Sort of results like that around that time was when they just went, "Oh, we're in this relegation battle. Win, win, win. Boom, you're out of it." It was that tight down there. Just three wins, I think, just propelled them completely out of it, and they were even even in Bournemouth were on a beach very early before the season was up. But full credit to him, to be fair, even though we were so wrong on this. And all right, let, let Reese, you, you obviously didn't put Nottingham Forest to go down. There was a period with the, you know, many signings, they were going to sack Steve Cooper. I don't know if you can remember, but what, what was your reasoning for, for Forest not going down? Um, because of Steve Cooper. I thought he would get them out. I think he's a very good coach, very good manager. I think he's, I think he can get the best out of particularly young English players, which we saw with Morgan Gibbs-White. So I thought they'd be okay. I thought, yes, they'd probably have a rocky start, but I also thought they'd rely on their home games to get them through, which is what they did. So, yeah, I thought they had enough to, to not be in this particular issue. Yeah. And, and with, I guess, Brentford, I mean... If Brentford were watching our, our podcast, they'd probably do a video shouting us out for how bad we were. So all three of us also had Brentford to go down and they finished ninth. So the the the, the thumbnail is bang on for here. We were wrong. <laughs> we were absolutely wrong about Brentford. Um I mean what what how have they managed to finish ninth? Like Thomas Frank again, massive pat on the back for him to be able to do this again. 
and, and comfortably survive. What, what's, the, what's the secret ingredient do you guys think for Brentford being so high on the table this season? Um, one thing I think is why we had them down here, though. I think we all thought it'd be the second season syndrome, which is why I think we had them so low. And they've just gone, no idea what that is. We're going to go and win games, <clears throat> be the only team to do the double over City this season. Um, and really, it's. I think everything's just clicking for Brentford at the moment. Obviously, next season might be a bit different with the Tony ban, but Tony was on fire for a long part of the season, a lot of the season, where, to be honest, that's the best away striker performance I've seen in a long, long time against City. He absolutely bullied our defence. And it's games like that, getting that 90, I think it's like 97th, 98th minute winner. It's things like that that just kept Bournemouth up. It's not through luck. It's through playing very, very well, good football and doing it within their means. And it's just worked so well for them. So full credit to them. But once again, um, which I think is coming in a common occurrence, we were all wrong on this. <laughs> yeah. By a country mile. Now, yes. we weren't all wrong. So, Reese, we will touch on your very good, although you didn't get the position, I feel like you deserve a few more points for this, but it is what it is. You had Southampton down and they were actually the bottom team. So, why, why did you think Southampton were going to go down? And ultimately, you know, you were proven right. Uh, every year you seem to get a sort of solid mid-table club eventually slide down. Um, Southampton were a prime example of that. The rot had laid in when they started to sell their best players to Liverpool. Then they start to replace them, bring in the academy players. But then they stop bringing through academy players and then just buying players who weren't even very good. And then, you know, you get the Hassan Hutu era, who he's not the worst coach in the world, but I think he's a very stereotypical example of a sort of Bundesliga-style coach where you can win-lose, win-lose, win-lose. Um, he's had, there was two nine nils consecutively, so everything was building up and building up. And they were sliding, and they were sliding last season. And I thought this season it was just going to be one of them. Their decision-making was poor. The recruitment, although I get why they recruited young, they're not in a position to be recruiting young. They need to have players in there that know their whereabouts and then bring through young sort of players, which they just weren't doing. They let Hassan Hutil go. And then, as we know, they appointed Nathan Jones. I don't need to go into that again. The decision-making was just a shambles. So that was that was all accumulated into one. Clubs don't seem to learn from the history of other clubs and Southampton were a prime example of that. Yeah. And just quickly, before we do move on, I think what's quite an interesting point here is obviously you look at our predictions on, on Bournemouth and Forest. The, the difference is Southampton didn't keep faith in their manager. And you look at the other teams who went down, Leeds didn't keep faith in their manager. Leicester didn't keep faith in their manager. Southampton didn't keep faith in their manager. <clears throat> On the flip side, you look at Bournemouth, who we had down, backed their manager. Well, not backed the manager, but maybe that's a bad example. Let's go with Forrest. <laughs> Forrest backed the manager, right? Steve Cooper was was on the verge of getting sacked. They backed him. And then you look at the other teams that, 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 that eventually stayed up and they stuck with a manager. Even West Ham kept David Moyes. They were in the mix as well. 
Um, and I do think that's quite an interesting point. And maybe I think it's interesting, but I think there's different expectations on most of them clubs. So like Forest and Bournemouth, everyone thought they'd probably go down the bookies' favourites. Bournemouth, it was, if you're going off the what you see on um, Football Manager, it's battle hard against relegation. And that's sort of all your job is. Nottingham Forest with so so many signings. If they change their manager, it's that was they were. I think they would have been guaranteed to go down if they changed their manager at any point. With Southampton, they were doing so bad they had to try and change something. Same with Leeds, they just and then even Leicester, they wanted to change the manager earlier but didn't due to I think financial reasons. So. I think they all had their reasons to change managers, but it didn't matter in the end. Fair enough. But well, let, um, say, yeah, give us the points. The point, on the points, the only point here is Reese got Southampton. <laughs> One point, two, two, prediction, two predictions off. <laughs> it starts off with, with the lead. Now getting into the big middle table... This is where it gets a bit more interesting. Right. Let's start with the blue. 17th. Jamie, let's start with Fulham. Actually, okay, let's definitely start with Fulham. So you both had Fulham in 17th position. Now, <laughs> I said they'd be comfortable, but I thought 14th was a good shout. And, and clearly, they they again, we were wrong. Talk to me about why you thought Fulham would be down there. Yep, so I put Fulham down there because they come up as champions from the championship. They lost 10 games um, and they lost, I think, was it 4-0 on the last game or something, which I think is just not good enough. I think that's pretty poor and it set the standard of the championship last season, in that season. So I thought coming up, they'd have enough to stay up. Um, but I just felt that, yeah, they were going to lose too many games. And I would still argue that this season there's been some very poor performances from them, you know, that where the good performances have outweighed it, you know, and I think they can't afford to carry on like that. So eventually the good performances will slide. But yeah, that, that was my main reason. And you yeah, quite... I just, sorry, go thought, on. yeah, I just thought they'd stay up really. It was more staying up. I thought they'd just do enough. Um, I thought it depends, like if Mitrovic didn't, score as many as he did they probably would have dropped a bit further but and his goals dried up towards the end of the season really but they were so comfortable and I think they made some good signings in the summer that really kept them up and in in a much better position than what we had mm. I think for my blue to be fair those I must have picked up some points finally because Everton Saints and Leeds for me were all in the sort of mix I reckon I've nicked a couple points in there. You say a couple, Jordan. I think you've only picked up one, which was, I think it's Leeds who finished 19th. Leeds finished 19th. No, Everton as well. Everton as well. What was Everton's position? Yes, yeah, so Everton finished 17th. So I got them in 15th. Oh, you have, yeah. You've got one for that as well. So we nicked, yeah, there you go. Are we overtaken Reese now? Oh, no, he still gets a point for Everton. 
You've overtaken. Oh wait, has he got Everton as well? Sixteenth. You thought it was a simple point scoring system, maybe maybe, maybe oh, confuse things. Completely. <laughs> we'll need an independent adjudicator to come in at the end, I think. Yeah, um, trying as we go. Let's talk about Wolves. So Reese again, you had them yeah, you had them fifteenth. And they finished thirteenth, so you, you got another point there. What was the thinking on Wolves? Uh, no real money, no real investment. A manager doesn't know how to score goals. Simple as that. Fair enough. And, and Lopetegui obviously came in, which we didn't necessarily know was going to be the case. What do you think it's imperative he stays? Yeah, it's huge. If he stays, they, they should get top 10 next season. If they don't, then they could be one of the relegation teams. For the viewers who, who aren't following us on TikTok, there is rumours, if you're watching our Daily Rumour Roundup on TikTok, there is rumours that Lopetegui might leave Wolves over some potential lies from the board around FFP spend. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, let's move on to the green. So, well, in, in Jamie's case, let's move on to the yellow, but let's talk about Leicester. Now, the definition of this, again... We all had Leicester in either 10th or 12th position and they've been relegated. Is this the best team to ever go down? I think it's the team that's achieved the most and gone down in the shortest period of time. Um, I, it's hard, but I don't think the table lies ever. They deserve to go down. Their performances have been dreadful throughout. I think it was the first sort of like five games they haven't won a game. Um, might be might be longer as well. They've just been awful, and as you can see, much worse than our expectations because they have the quality on the they have the quality on paper, but nothing really went well for them this year. I don't know if they actually had a high moment throughout the whole season. It was terrible, but bringing no one in through the summer, losing your captain and your main goalkeeper. It was just a recipe for disaster. It's why why they've not invested in just a new goalkeeper, just sort of one or two positions. Don't need to rip up the whole squad, but they've just sort of gone. Oh, we did all right last season. We can survive another one, and they clearly can't. And they're now down in the championship, and they're probably going to lose four or five of their better players. Yeah, just quickly on that, their better players didn't even turn up when it mattered. You know, Harvey Barnes did probably, but other than that, none of them, none of the others did. Yeah, and I think I think it probably is one of the best teams to go down in terms of quality. You've got Brendan Rodgers as the manager at the start of the season. You know, Vardy, Madison, Tillemans, Barnes, Johnny Evans. You know, these are <laughs> these are experienced players who should be doing better. Um, so I think it's a real mess that Leicester are down there. But yeah, we definitely get zero points each for those. Um, let's touch on Palace. So, Jamie, you were three out on Palace. It didn't quite get a point. I was two out, so I nick a point. And then, Reese, you, you had him one out, so you got two points for that. What's your thoughts on Palace? We were all there or thereabouts. Yeah, I just thought they'd be not that bad again. I think the other teams below them were worse. So I didn't really think there were any any danger. And I think that's where they need to stay at this moment in time, not, you know, 
trying to go too high up at risk of falling too far down. And although I was going to say result, results kind of suggested it was the right decision, but long longer term, do we think sacking Vieira for Hodgson is going to prove to be a good idea long term? To be fair, I don't think it is long term. I think they've said he was there till the end of the season. So I don't expect him to be there for next season. I think it was more, can you come in and just do a job for us to keep us up? And he suggests. So I think it will. he'll go sort of go away in the summer. He might come back if they sack their next manager, but I don't think he'll be the starting manager. I do want to say though, George, you were slightly wrong. Reese got that perfectly on and that's our first <laughs> our first Oh sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our first position where someone's got it exactly right. So fair play Reese. <laughs> back in the lead. Absolutely. But I yeah. think they they're a weird team, I think, because you saw what when Roy Hodgson came in, it was well, before Roy Hodgson came in, they couldn't score, they couldn't have a shot on target. So then I think they beat someone 5-1 or something very early on in Roy Hodgson's start. So it's very odd how they've gone from so Leeds. badly. They beat all the teams around them, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's what you've got to do, in especially in them times. Cool. Let's. T- I'll, I'll touch on Fulham just quickly. As I said pre-season, my logic for them was the way they dominated the championship, the way they got multiple like 7-0 wins. I think it was just clear to me, you know, not every club does that in the championship. You know, if you put one of the Prem teams in the championship, they wouldn't start winning 7-0 every week. Um, and although I don't get any points, I think I deserve points. But, you know, here's what it is. I think I think Burnley... Uh, I can't, can't be giving you, can't be giving you <laughs> three points. Four um, places out, no chance. No, no, I know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be similar with Burnley, Burnley next season. I think they've got potential to, to be comfortable. Um, let's go up the table to Brighton. So Brighton, I mean, again, we were wrong. Me and Jamie had them in 11th and they've probably been one of the sort of, it's probably harsh to say shocks of the season, but their improvement in quality has probably been one of the most surprising this season. Like the way Deserby's got them playing in Europe you know, the way they've been playing against all the top teams has been absolutely sensational. So we were nowhere close. Reese, you had him in eighth. So again, you're getting points on the board here. Why, why, and bear in mind again, this was when they had Potter at the start of the season. It's been such a mad season. I'm trying to even think if that is correct, but it is. <laughs> Obviously, you, you're not good enough to see that he was going to be sacked and go to Chelsea and they're going to get the Zerbian. But why did you think they'd be up the table in eighth. Their setup is good. Their recruitment is good. You know, I think, like I've said before, it will fall fall on them eventually when they start selling players because they'll eventually run out of who to replace them with. But yeah, I just thought they were in a better position than the others. I think they had good coach in Potter, a better, you know, better or another good one in Deserby. And yeah, simple as that. I thought I thought they were on an upward curve, so I thought they were going to do enough. Well, they I are think still selling. Mad. I think it's mad how they've gone so far better than expectations and losing their manager. Not through bad performances, but from a bigger club coming in and taking him. So I think it's, it's a credit to them. that the It's like the system is working. It might not be 
the manager that's really doing it and that might have fooled Chelsea. It's the players that they've got. The setup in place, isn't it? Exactly. The setup is what's working and bringing them up. If only Bowley looked into that instead. <laughs> might have done better for you, Jord. So right, we've got Poch now. He's going to sort us out. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk... Well, I guess let's go to Villa. Um, Villa and West Ham. So we, again, they've had sort of different seasons in different ways, but we all pretty much had West Ham and Villa doing doing the same things. So West Ham, again, very odd season for them. Battling relegation at one point, genuinely concerned that they might get relegated again. Then they've comfortably survived in, in 14th place. And they could win a European trophy, which would be absolutely monumental. What? What? How do we even like? How do we even begin to sort of explain West Ham this season? It's that drop off, isn't it? They've they had two very good seasons before within their league positions, getting and European football. It just, I think, for some clubs, it will just take a toll on them. It's like Leicester had it a bit last season, and now it's just fallen off a cliff. With this one, it was West Ham. They've been putting so much work into it and they got their sort of rewards by getting European football, but it just dipped for them this season. And then they thankfully got their sort of form back for them towards the latter part of the season to comfortably be up, getting them 40 points, which is what you need, where you're meant to need to stay up. And then, yeah, in the European final, Good luck to them, to be fair. Um, it should be a great sort of occasion for them. So not been in a not been in a European final for, I think it's well over 20, 20 30 years. But it's, yeah, very, very weird season when you consider they nearly went down and then they're in a European final. I should just say as well for, for the viewers, we are, we are filming this before the European final. <laughs> It may be released after, but I, I should just say that because otherwise people will be very confused. <laughs> um, let, let's talk Villa. So again, Villa, I, I guess you could say similar to Brighton, um, have, have are in Europe, you know, the conference playoffs, I believe. It, they, they will have to go through that. But Villa are back. We've always said for years, you know, they're a massive historical club. This will feel like a huge, huge step forward. And I remember with probably two or three weeks of the season left, they were below Chelsea, absolutely on the beach. Everyone was like, no, they're done, they're done, they're done. They go and beat us, go on some insane rally, and they're in Europe. So I think Emery, we, we might have touched on it before, but Emery has done a phenomenal job to, to grab something huge out of seemingly nothing. Like no one, no one, it was even, even Villa fans, no one was even considering the prospect of Europe when they're in 12th place. So what a job he's done. And Jamie, you'll think he's done a very good job because you have managed to nick a point. Two points, two points. I keep getting the points. Two points, yeah. Jamie's got two points. We've both nicked a point. Why, again, you know, we didn't know the managerial sackings and everything else. Why did you think there'd be an eighth? Villa have been spending the money. Like they've been putting the sort of money where the mouth is, really. So... That's where I sort of saw it. And the signings they were making made some sort of sense. Now, it didn't work with Gerard from the start of the season, but they always looked like they had that quality 
about them throughout the squad. Nothing that's nothing that I do actually think is going to put a proper pressure on the top four yet. They might still spend money and get to that, but it was something that they could aim towards the sort of European places, and I thought they'd fall short of the sort of usual top six and Newcastle. Um, but when when two of them have performed very poorly, it gives you that little chance, and that's where sort of Brighton and Villa have come in and gone. We'll take the other European places, so. Fair play to him, and yeah, Emery's turned their season around massively. If you looked before he came in, this prediction would have looked absolutely ridiculous and would have been nowhere near. But fair play to him, he's done a terrific job. Yeah, and and well, we'll have to touch on your Leicester prediction. You, you've got Leicester in the top 10, it didn't happen. I think you should get minus points for that one, personally. <laughs> Um, let's touch on obviously we've covered Wolves Leicester Villa West Ham let's get on to these top three now in seventh place so again we're all pretty well off here so obviously United I had and, and we'll get onto it when we share the other bit but my one of my bold predictions for the season was, was basically having Newcastle above Man United at the time that felt like a bold prediction but in the end I don't know how but United end up did end up above Newcastle. And for pretty much the whole season, it looked like it wasn't going to be the case. So Newcastle, in the, they're in the Champions League, so they probably won't care. But does this dip-off show that they're maybe not ready to, you know, compete for the title as everyone seems to think they're just going to do? To be honest, like I've done with this prediction, I thought this was a season too early for them to get Champions League football. Um, but when, like I said, with Spurs, Chelsea, and also Liverpool having their dip offs this season, it created that opportunity, and Liverpool um, and Newcastle have taken it. So I don't think so because they're going to spend some money in the summer. They're going to improve their squad, and that's what they've got to keep doing. Transfer window by transfer window, just keep improving your squad, and that's what that will propel you up the league. Um, next season will be just trying to, I think, just trying to sustain it. Have fun in the Champions League for whoever you get drawn against because I think they'll probably be in pot four, which means they're probably going to get quite tough draws. But that doesn't matter. They're a very good side. They can beat some. They'll probably be able to beat some of the top teams, especially coming to Newcastle. But it's more, I think they just took the opportunity when other teams have performed badly and eventually there was a small, there was a small scare with Liverpool's form being red hot towards the end of the season. They were, they comfortably got over the line, four points ahead of them, better goal difference as well. I think they've just been superb, especially defensively, but their attacks started to hit form in the latter part of the season as well. Well, they want Madrid. You, you touched on them being in pot four. They they want Madrid if, if you go by the song. So the song they've got for Gordon is, is saying they believe they're going to Madrid. So, whether it's Real Madrid or Atletico, the uh, the song that's, they sing. That's what you want. That is what you want. The first time you get in the Champions League for ages, you want the biggest teams. You want the big away days there. That's what you want. You want a Barcelona, Real Madrid. They're Bayern Munich. They're the teams you want. That's why you play in the Champions League. So I think it's completely fair that their song is saying that. Let's 
let's go up the table then. So the business end of the league table. So as I said, obviously Newcastle, I thought would be, you know, there or thereabouts. I think I get a point for that in, in sixth. Arsenal, let's talk about Arsenal. So you both had them in sixth position. So they have massively overachieved on, on well, I mean, I had them in fifth, so that's not much better. But they've massively overachieved. Where do you stand on Arsenal? Obviously, we, we, we've we've covered it at length this season about how ridiculous they've been. Is this are they going to be back to fifth and sixth next season? Let's let's ask that question. It depends on their recruitment, and it depends on whether the other teams in this top six here want to turn up consistently. But I think there's a lot of pressure on them to finish in that or challenge for that title again. And I don't think that's very fair pressure. I think we need to be realistic. So, yeah, it's difficult. It, again, yeah, it just depends on how the others do and how Arsenal decide to recruit. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Arsenal performing this well, fair play to them. No one really expected it. They were making good signings, but you never thought they're going to challenge for the title and obviously finish five points off which is no mean feat, really, comfortably in the Champions League spots. But that was their aim. That was what, if you said, give me, if you said, oh, take fourth place now at the start of the season, every Arsenal fan would have taken it. So, terrific season for them. But they do need to make sure that when Liverpool are better, when Chelsea are better, when Spurs are better, they're not dropping their form. Personally, I think they will get top four, but... I'll save that for when I actually do the league table and see some transfers go on before making that a very confirmed shout. So we get no points for Arsenal. Newcastle, I've nicked a point, I believe. Then you both have Man United in fifth, so you have nicked a point as well, both of you. Let's talk Spurs. So Spurs obviously ended up in eighth eighth position. Now, so we're all very clearly wrong. Where we've got asked the question without Harry Kane, where would they have finished? Because they've been poor, like really bad. You'd have to say around where Chelsea are, to be perfectly honest. If you look at probably what the difference is between Chelsea and Spurs, is Spurs have got that striker that scores, and Chelsea have a bit better of a defence, so it shows how much a striker can change your season because the hardest thing to do is put the ball in the back of the net and I think that just shows and it's yeah it's really why Spurs haven't had as bad of a season as Chelsea but they've both had terrible ones to be perfectly honest yeah and I've made I've made parallels a few like in terms of the actual level of performance I think I don't think Chelsea and Spurs have been far off in terms of just abysmal performances throughout the season. But you're right. The difference is when Spurs get in the final third, Kane puts it away. When we get into the final third, we we, we pass it back to their defence. Um, and I think ultimately that that is the difference. So we're all wrong on Spurs. Let's get into the top three. Rishi did have them in the top three. I mean, let's talk about that. Any reason why? Yeah, I thought their end of season form before was better. It was good momentum. I thought they had the manager to do it. 
However, it probably noted that Arsenal were just, they threw it away. That's how Spurs got there. But I thought they'd recruited well. Things like, but when you watch their first couple of games, I think I think it looked like it was over <laughs> before it <Yes>. started. <laughs> so no no points for any of us on Spurs. Now let let's talk top three. So me and Jamie had the same top three in a slightly different order. Um, I I've actually managed to nick a point. Um, Liverpool in third, and they finished fifth. Jamie, why did you think Liverpool could compete again? They were the only ones to really compete in the past five years. Um, I didn't really see a lot changing out of that. Um, I know they sold Mane, but they seemed to bring in Diaz before, who looked really good. Obviously, he got a bad injury during it. They had Nunes going up front who I thought would probably actually do what he's done. He, I think he needs time before you go, is he a write-off or is he actually a good striker? Um, and Salah, at the start of the season anyway, the form wasn't there that we're used to seeing. So this is where I thought that that's why it's changed from what I predicted to what it was. But it's a... Uh, tight it's sort of I think everyone blames the midfield but when the defence sort of you've got Trent going massively off form like I said with Salah not massively off form compared to if you look at his stats at the end of the season but when they needed it earlier on he wasn't there it's like when they scored nine against Bournemouth it was sort of a shock result because Liverpool's form was bad and Salah got nothing because we're all fuming on FPL or I most certainly was. Um, so it's sort of in that way. But if you don't perform, if you have a drop-off, you've got to have a small drop-off, not a massive drop-off like they had. And that's why they've not got Champions League football next season. They're very similar, the top well, the top two we've put. Very similar to the old Ferguson United, Bengals Arsenal era. Man City being the Man United, Liverpool being the Arsenal. Liverpool and Arsenal are very flary teams. You know, they might win the one title, but then the other team will go and win the next two or three. I think it's very similar because Man City, like United at that time, are very robust. They improve their team. They don't just have depth. And I thought other than that, yes, Arsenal, Liverpool here were probably, they were just better than the other teams below them. Only time I'm going to accept you comparing City and United there, Reese. I don't like being compared to them. Um, we are doing this on the day of the FA Cup final, so it's a bit more, bit more heated. I'm not, not. I don't want to accept that. <laughs> so let's talk Chelsea. As much as I don't want to talk Chelsea, we. I mean, we all got. We all got it clearly wrong here. Um, I take the biggest L on this one in both ways. Um, I'll, I'll attempt to justify why I had us above Liverpool. That, that's all I'm going to do. I, I can't justify anymore. But obviously last season, we had the two cup finals against them, FA Cup, Carabao. Both were very, very tight, 50-50 games. They obviously beat us on pens in both games. My logic was new owner. We've got a better, a, a deeper squad and we're going to invest. Liverpool, as we've seen, their midfield suffered and they haven't invested. That's why they've dipped off this season. Obviously, did did we think the drip, the dip off was going to be that dramatic? Absolutely not. 
Um, and as we said in our, our awards season, Chelsea were probably the biggest shock of the season in terms of being absolutely horrendous. Um, I guess Reese, you had them lowest down. You don't really get any points for, for having them in fourth when they finished twelfth, but no. But I think I deserve a mention. How like I've always said, I've never really bought into this concept. I felt Chelsea under Tuchel lose games they shouldn't lose, um, which is what helped them back. Yes, they'd go beat City, but then they'd lose to the other relegation teams. Um, I've been quite critical for the last few years of Chelsea as a whole. I think they'll be better next year. But I just felt, yeah, something wasn't quite right and the recruitment was poor, but it didn't have to be that bad. Yeah, I think it was asking a lot as well to, to just have a new owner invest and it would just all, all work. So my uh, my optimism got the better of me. But yeah, finally, Man City, we don't need to say much. Unreal season. We all had them as champions and we all get a lovely three points to finish. Um, three points for the three P is perfect. <laughs> we'll perfect see. way to win. This will come out after the FA Cup final, so it might be dead and buried by then. No, no, um, no three P, three in a row. Oh, I did, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm not, I thought you I'm, not the t- I'm not mentioning the T word, not yet. <laughs> right. Let's do the points, although I, I'm suspicious on this points tally, I must say. But give, give us, give us the league table. the fact, Jordan, that you tried to rig the point system in your favour and it looks <laughs> like it's still blown up in your face. You've got to try. You've got to try. It's right. Actually, right. so to, to mention what Reese just said, sort of Jordan had only City in the correct places and nothing was one place off. Why are you doing but that? Actually, changing the rules. Me and Jordan have both actually got nine points. Joint second, baby. Reese wins with 11 points. It was quite tight, though. It's quite tight. Appalling, appalling from all of us. But yeah. as the title said, we were wrong. But as always, that wraps us up for another edition. As always, like, comment, and subscribe. You know the drill. Oh.